Chapter Fifty Six of Peter Simple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anthony Gerges. Peter Simple by Frederick Marriott. Chapter Fifty Six. Consequences of the action. A ship without a fighting captain is like a thing without a head so do the sailors think a mutiny and the loss of our famous ship's company during our stay at yarmouth we were not allowed to put our foot on shore upon the plea that we must repair damages and proceed immediately to our station but the real fact was that captain hawkins was very anxious that we should not be able to talk about the action finding no charges preferred against him he recommended his system of annoyance his apartments had windows which looked out upon the brig lay at anchor and he constantly watched all our motions with his spy-glass noting down if i did not hoist up boats etc exactly at the hour prescribed in the book of orders so as to gather a list of charges against me if he could this we did not find out until afterwards i mentioned before that when swinburne joined us at plymouth we had recommended a figurehead being put on the brig this had been done at O'Brien's expense, not in the cheap way recommended by Swinburne, but in a very handsome manner. It was a large snake, coiled up in folds, with its head darting out in a menacing attitude, and the tail, with its rattle, appeared below. The hole was gilded and had a very good effect, but after the dockyard men had completed their repairs and the brig was painted, one night the head of the rattlesnake disappeared it had been sawn off by some malicious and evil-disposed persons and no traces of it were to be found i was obliged to report this to the captain who was very indignant and offered twenty pounds for the discovery of the offender but had he offered twenty thousand he never would have found out the delinquent it was however never forgotten for he understood that was implied by the manoeuvres a new head was carved but disappeared the night after it was fixed on the rage of the captain was without bounds he turned the heads up and declared that if the offender were not given up he would flog every hand on board he gave the ship's company ten minutes and then prepared to execute the threat mr paul turn the hands up for punishment said the captain in a rage and descended to his cabin for the articles of war when he was down below the officers talked over the matter to flog every man for the crime of one was the height of injustice but it was not for us to oppose him still the ship's company must have seen in our countenances that we shared their feelings the men were talking with each other in groups until they appeared to have communicated their ideas on the subject the carpenters had been slowly bringing aft the gratings left off the job the boatswain's mates who had come aft rolled the tails of the cats round the red handles and every man walked down below no one was left on the quarter-deck but the marines under arms and the officers perceiving this i desired mr paul the boatswain to send the men up the rig the gratings and the quartermasters with their seizings he came up and said that he had called them but they did not answer perceiving that the ship's company would break out into open mutiny if the captain persisted in his intention i went down into the cabin and told the captain the state of things and wished for his orders or presence on deck the captain whose wrath appeared to render him incapable of reflection immediately proceeded on deck and ordered the marines to load with ball cartridge this was done but as i was afterwards told by thompson who was standing aft the marines loaded with the powder and put the balls into their pockets they wished to keep up the character of their corpse for fidelity 
and at the same time not fire upon men whom they loved as brothers and with whom they coincided in opinion indeed we afterwards discovered that it was a marine who had taken off the head of the snake a second time the captain then ordered the boatswain to turn the hands up the boatswain made his appearance with his right arm in a sling what's the matter with your arm mr paul said i as he passed by me tumble down the hatchway just now can't move my arm i must go to the surgeon as soon as this is over the hands were piped up again but no one obeyed the order thus was the brig in a state of mutiny mr simple go forward to the main hatchway with the marines and fire on the lower deck cried the captain sir said i there are two frigates within the cable's length of us and would it not be better to send for assistance without shedding blood besides sir you have not yet tried the effect of calling up the carpenters and boatswain's mates by name will you allow me to go down first and bring them to a sense to their duty yes sir i presume you know your power but of this hereafter i went down below and called the men by name sir said one of the boatswain's mate the ship's company say that they will not submit to be flogged i do not speak to the ship's company generally collins replied i but you are now ordered to rig the gratings and come on deck it is an order that you cannot refuse go up directly and obey it quartermasters go on deck with your seizings when all is ready you can then expulsuate the men obeyed my orders they crawled on deck rigged the gratings and stood by all is ready sir said i touching my hat to the captain send the ship's company aft mr paul aft then all of you for punishment cried the boatswain yes it is all of us for punishment cried one voice we've all to flog one another and then pay off the jollies note jollies is a slang word for marines this time the men obeyed the order they all appeared on the quarter-deck the men are all aft sir reported the boatswain and now my lads cried the captain i'll teach you what mutiny is you see these two frigates alongside us you had forgotten them i suppose but i hadn't here you scoundrel mr jones this was the joe miller strip sir if ever there was mischief on the ship you are at the head head sir said the man assuming a vacant look what head sir do you mean the snake's head i don't know anything about it sir strip sir cried the captain in a rage i'll soon bring you to your senses if you please your honour what have i done to be tied up said the man strip you scoundrel well sir if you please it's hard to be flogged for nothing the man pulled off his clothes and walked up to the grating the quartermaster seized him up seized up sir reported the scoundrel of a sergeant of marines who acted as the captain's spy the captain looked for the articles of war to read as is necessary previous to punishing a man and was a little puzzled to find one where no positive offence had been committed at last he pitched upon one which refers to combination and conspiracy and creating discontent we all took off our hats as he read it and then he called mr paul the boatswain and ordered him to give the man a dozen please sir said the boatswain pointing to his arm in a sling i can't flog i can't lift up my arm your arm was well enough when i came on board sir cried the captain yes sir but in hurrying the men i slipped down the ladder and i'm afraid i've put my shoulder out the captain bit his lips he fully believed it was a sham on the part of the boatswain which indeed it was to get off flogging the men well then where's the chief boatswain's mate colin 
here sir said collins coming forward a stout muscular man nearly six feet high with a pigtail nearly four feet long and his open breast covered with shaggy hair give that man a dozen sir said the captain the man looked at the captain and the ship's company and then the man seized up but did not commence the punishment do you hear me roared the captain if you please your honour i'd rather take my disrating i don't wish to be chief boatswain's mate in this here business obey your orders immediately sir cried the captain or by god i'll try you for mutiny well sir i beg your pardon but what must be must be i mean no disrespect captain hawkins but i cannot flog that man my conscience won't let me your conscience sir beg your pardon captain hawkins i've always done my duty foul weather or fair and i've been eighteen years in his majesty's service without ever being brought to punishment but if i am to be hung now saving your pleasure with all respect i can't help it i'll give you but one moment more sir cried the captain do your duty the man looked at the captain and then eyed the yardarm captain hawkins i will do my duty although i must swing for it so saying he threw his cat down on the quarter-deck and fell back among the ship's company the captain was now confounded and hardly knew how to act to persevere appeared useless to fall back was almost as impossible a dead silence of a minute ensued everyone was breathless with impatience to know what would be done next the silence was however first broken by jones the joe miller who was seized up beg your honour's pardon sir said he turning his head round but if i'm to be flogged would you please to let me have it over i shall catch my death a cold naked here all day this was decided mockery on the part of the man and roused the captain sergeant of marines put jones and that man collins both legs and irons for mutiny my men i perceive that there is a conspiracy in the ship but i shall very soon put an end to it i know the men and by god they shall repent it mr paul pipe down mr simple man my gig and recollect it's my positive order that no boat goes on shore the captain left the brig looking daggers at me as he went over the side but i had done my duty and cared little for that indeed i was now watching his conduct as carefully as he did mine the captain wishes to tell his own story first said thompson coming up to me now if i were you simple i would take care that the real facts should be known how's that to be done replied i he has ordered no communication with the shore simply by sending an officer on board of each of the frigates to state that the brig is in a state of mutiny and request that they will keep a lookout upon her this is no more than your duty as commanding officer you only send the message leave me to state the facts of my own accord recollect that the captains of these frigates will be summoned if there is a court of inquiry which i expect will take place i considered a little and thought the advice was good i dispatched thompson first to one frigate and then to the other the next day the captain came on board as soon as he stepped on the quarter-deck he inquired how i dared disobey his orders in sending the boats away my reply was that his orders were not to communicate with the shore but that as commanding officer i considered it my duty to make known to the other ships that the men were in a state of insubordination that they might keep their eyes upon us he kept his eyes upon me for some time and then turned away without reply as we expected a court of inquiry was called upon his representations to the admiral 
about twenty of the men were examined but so much came out as to the reason why the head of the snake had been removed for the sailors spoke boldly that the admiral and officers who were appointed strongly recommended captain hoggins not to proceed further than to state that there were some disaffected characters in the ship and move the admiral to have them exchanged into others this was done the captains in the frigates who immediately gave their advice divided all our best men between them they spoke very freely to me and asked me who were the best men which i told them honestly for i was glad to be able to get them out of the power of captain hawkins these they marked as disaffected and exchanged them for the worst they had on board the few that were left ran away and thus from having one of the finest and best organized ships company in the service we were now one of the very worst jones was sent on board of the frigate and under surveillance he soon proved that his character was as good as i stated it to be and two years afterwards was promoted to the rank of boatswain i must here remark that there is hardly any degree of severity which a captain may not exert towards his seamen provided they are confident of or he has proved to them his courage but if there be a doubt or a confirmation to the contrary all discipline is destroyed by contempt and the ship's company mutiny either directly or indirectly there is an old saying that all tyrants are cowards that tyranny is in itself a species of meanness i acknowledge but still the saying ought to be modified if it is asserted that all mean tyrants are cowards i agree but i have known in the service of most special tyrants who were not cowards their tyranny was excessive but there was no meanness in their dispositions on the contrary they were generous open-hearted and occasionally when not influenced by anger proved that their hearts if not quite right were not very much out of their places yet they were tyrants but although tyrants the men forgave them and one kind act when they were not led away by the impetuously of their feelings obliterated a hundred acts of tyranny but such is not the case in our service with men who in their tyranny are mean the seamen show no quarter to them and will undergo all the risk which the severity of the articles of war render them liable to rather than not express their opinions of men whom they despise i do not like to mention names but i could point out specimens of brave tyrants and of cowardly tyrants who have existed and do even now exist in our service the present regulations have limited tyranny to a certain degree but it cannot check the mean tyrant for it is not in points of consequence likely to be brought before the notice of his superiors that he effects his purpose he resorts to paltry measures he smiles that he may betray he confines himself within the limit that may protect him and he is never exposed unless by his courage being called in question which but rarely occurs and when it does occur it is most difficult as well as most dangerous to attempt to prove it it may be asked why i did not quit the ship after having been aware of the character of the captain and the enmity which he bore to me in reply i can only say that i did often think of it talking over the subject with my messmates but they persuaded me to remain and as i was a first lieutenant and knew that any successful action would in all probability ensure my promotion i determined to use a nautical expression to rough it out and not throw away the only chance which i now had of obtaining my rank as commander End of chapter fifty six